Absolute nonsense. <laughs> Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hang out with three other guys every day. Abs- like not, you do. Neither do I. Not oh, every day. Not oh, every day. Not every day. Not okay. <laughs> six days. You know, that is not true. You know, do you imagine I play golf six days a week? Is that what Pretty you think? Much. What are I your don't. golf days of rest then? I'm on, a, I'm on a golf day of rest right now, Dan. I'm on day two of a uh, golf day of rest. Okay, but where are you practicing? I'm not. I Listen, I'd, uh, I'm going to tell you, I had some grown-up stuff. To, did a lot of grown-up stuff yesterday. You're not capable of doing grown-up stuff. I know. Stuff. I didn't think I was. <laughs> I, I agree. You get no argument from me. Why? You took your car in for oil changes I'd or something? Fuck, forget oil change. I have a $1,000 brake and caliper, brake pad and caliper job. Oh. I know. It's called wear and tear. $1,000, man. Do you, I'm like that too. Like sometimes I feel not inadequate, but I'll be somewhere and I'll see a guy, maybe in his fifties, sixties, like, you know, in a nice car and he gets out and he's wearing a suit and I figure he's going somewhere. Obviously he's got some significant position and it's like, wow, like what's, how does one become that guy? You know, how do you become the guy in the company where that they look at and go, oh yeah, he's the guy that should be running this company. How much of that has to do with looks? I don't know. I don't know. Well, um, we're very shallow society, uh, yeah. you know. Well, I, I know, too. I mean, as far as feeling like a, inadequate, you know, when I look at you guys or, and the work you do around your places and the fact that you described before we started the show, before Dan came on the show and you yelled at him for not being around yesterday, that's how that <laughs> conversation started. Um, you you described taking apart the something in your fridge uh, yes. Oiling it, you saw yes. a YouTube video, and mm-hmm. then the noise in your fridge is uh, is gone away. Hopefully, yeah. And I, as you were describing it to me, all I could think of is, why didn't you just call somebody? Because <laughs> I would have had to call. I would have called Dan and said, "Dan, there's a noise. There's a noise in my fridge, Dan." Well, you know, there's always anything like that. There's a few steps you take before you call someone. That should be a last resort. All because right. Well, sometimes things are easily fixed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you call in a repairman and it's something you could have done that costs hundreds of dollars. Yeah, That's like right. turning it on. <laughs> do, do you think I... Well, that okay. Happens, you okay. Know, it's like it, you don't turn the fridge on or it's not plugged in or, you know, whatever the uh, the device is. Yeah. Are you trying to say I should have, like, tried to change the uh, brake pads and my the calipers on no, my... No, 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 no. On my tires? I should have gone no, on a no, YouTube no, no. video hunt? I had a guy on the street. I'm, he's gone now. He was a cop on my street that used to pull his car out onto the street and he would do his brakes. And I used to think, wow, he knows how to do that. Mm. And I'm talking to him one day and I said, that's pretty good, Jeff. Like, fuck. Like, how did you learn that? Yeah, you know, just over the years. He said, I'll do yours if you want. I said, no, thanks. No. Yeah, I don't know if you want your buddy on no. neighbor buddy doing your brakes. Because one little thing goes wrong. Yeah. Hey, that could That could be sort of a sticky situation well like yeah i apply the brakes i plow into the back of somebody kill them and it's right. like oh yeah i just had a brake job who did it jeff on king that's my neighbor's brake job yeah yeah he said he would he didn't sign anything no no he doesn't doesn't no. sign so papers I, I passed on that like you know i like to save a buck but no not there you <laughs> so here's the grown-up stuff i did yesterday i uh went online as you suggest, we were talking about this yesterday. 
I renewed my uh, license plate. It's a weird process because you just register and renew them, but yes. there's no money. You don't pay anything. No. You just renew them. Yes. So that's if you're stopped by the cops, they'll just swipe your license and it'll show that you've renewed. Right. So mm-hmm. at the same time, I thought, well, I've got nothing to do today because I had to take my car in. So I uh, went over to Service Ontario and the sketchy Sobeys uh, plaza over there. And I renewed my driver's license. And I, uh, <laughs> you can imagine, I, I thought, well, should I tell, tell Fred and Dan this? Because they're going to make fun of me. But I don't really care. You know, it's a comedy-based program some days. What is it? Hmm. So up until this moment, my health card, and this is, I've been living in Ontario for a long time. I've been still hand, been using the red card. Oh, yeah. the red, the red and white one. Red and white card. Oh, so wow. did I, so did I up until last year. Okay, because mm-hmm. whenever I've taken it out, people look at it and go, "Is this from uh, the museum, the hell, the, mm-hmm. the Universal <laughs> Health Museum?" Like mm-hmm. it, it is so old, fellas. I, it's like my like I've had it my entire life. Mm-hmm. I, I will show it to you. I had to. Scotch I had to put tape and scotch stuff. taped it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I found out yesterday when I renewed it that they were going to stop taking it in the next couple of months, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've been threatening that for years. Oh, oh yeah. They have, Howard, yeah. Like okay, well, thought- you know, this is, the, this is the last time we're going to take this, you know. Oh, yeah. okay. They can't refuse it. Oh, okay. Well, she made it seem like I was there in the nick of time. No, of course they do. They're told to do that. Are they? I don't know of one person that's been turned away because they have a red and white card. But, um. I just got this uh, text. It's from Fred Ball. Fred I've Ball. Always done, I've always done my own break jobs. He once gave me a hand job, but he never did a break job. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, you can get that on we the We were street. driving up north and he reached over. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I allowed that because, it, you know, that was... Well, because he's, uh, you know, he's a good a friend. Yeah. He's a good friend. <laughs> he's a good friend. He's, you know what? You were a friend in need. I closed my eyes and pretended it was someone else. <laughs> you were a friend in need, and he was a friend indeed. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> That's a, wasn't that a children's book? Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. It's, oh, oh. Someone oh. just come in. Oh. Fred Ball. It's just in. No, just no. in. Yeah. No, it's, something, yeah. Uh, it's the same one. Okay. Um, so I got that done, and I will tell, I'll finish this uh you know, you were telling me what you did yesterday. So somewhere in the middle of the day, um, well, early in the day, I got a coffee stain in the middle of a shirt I was wearing. But it's a small one. And then in the middle of the day, I got some soy sauce on my shirt. Nice. And yeah. And then Charlie came over for dinner. And, and just before she got over, I was like, should I go upstairs and change my shirt? And I thought, nah, you know, I've made it this far in the day. And uh, so I rode that stained shirt all the way to bedtime. The entire day. I even said that to her. I said, honey, uh, just so you know, I know I have a stain on my shirt, but I'm not going to change it. She's like, I don't care. But I just didn't want her to think like I'd gotten to the age where I'm like, I don't know. I've just got stains everywhere. No, you've gotten to the age where you just don't give a (laughs) You don't give a fuck anymore. I don't. And then I didn't want to walk. Yeah. I didn't want to go up two flights of stairs to get another shirt. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's an interesting one, because if I have a shirt with a stain on it, Delise will, and I don't see, often I don't see them, because it's at the top of my shirt, yeah, of course, olive oil or something will splash onto my shirt, um, she'll point it out, 
And then I'll, usually I'll go and change it because I think, what's it like for that sweet little woman, that my wife, to look at her husband walking around the house all day with stains <laughs> on his shirt? Yeah, you think that's the thing that uh, she's thinking? <laughs> well, no, honestly, that goes through my head. Like, she wouldn't, so why would I? And it's no. got to be, you know, it's not the most attractive thing. Now, my daughter, I don't know. If I was having her over for dinner, whether I would, you know, take the 14 seconds to change my shirt. <laughs> no, so I, I didn't. So I didn't uh, look disheveled. Look at disheveled. I hadn't you know, shaved. I'd given up. Yeah. I'd give up. <laughs> that's, that's it. Because I had also, I hadn't shaved because I, I just thought, uh, you know, I was. <laughs> so she comes in and I'm wearing like an old pair of shorts, stained shirt. I haven't shaved. And uh, she hugged me and said, <laughs> she said, uh, oh, you smell different. And I'm like, different good bad you know because my fear is i'm alone so much that i've taken on an odor that no one is i'm not around anyone so so i I wanted to make sure that i I just wanted to make sure i didn't smell like urine or something you know very often the shorts where you you were wearing were they the blue jean cutoffs uh no (laughs) no i've retired those plenty of good I don't What's like wrong with in, those? I don't like a man in blue jean cutoff shorts. They're not cut like off. I didn't. Well, he likes his with a hand job. Um, <laughs> I they're not. I didn't cut them off myself. I bought them from a, a, a store like that. What store? I don't remember. Maybe they Although were bought I, for me. Maybe it was one of those things where. You know, I one of my a pretty good line when you're up here wearing the member. Well, let's describe them. Maybe though. I like, won't say it. No, I want you to because oh, okay. um, I can't remember it. <laughs> Are you I, sure you want me to? What did you say? Well, listen, I, we're, we're talking about it. So I was wearing a pair of shorts. They're a little shorter. Um, they're jeans. And uh, maybe Rachel bought them for me, but I've had them for a couple of years. And I'm surprised you've never. Well, you, you don't see me. Uh, so what did you say when I was wearing them? You came out in them and I said, hey, nice shorts. But wait a minute. I thought Rachel came and got all her stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's funny. That's, see, it was funny. I thought it was very funny. Yeah. Yeah, I thought your girlfriend got all her stuff out of your house. No, no, she left these shorts and I find them. Uh, <laughs> they fit me fine. God, I don't want to see your underwear. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, man. No, you don't. It's like a science experiment. <laughs> Dan Duran, I want to talk to you. Okay, let's uh, let's chat. I'm ready and willing to now, engage. As right you now. know, Dan, and as many people know, you have been uh, anchoring the news on this program now for uh, some time. Mm-hmm. You even have your oh. own theme song. Now, yeah. here's to a fella named Dan Duran. Now, yeah. normally, we, uh, we're not... Now, don't worry. Don't panic. I'm not going to ask you to do the news now. I just want to get your opinion as a news person. Where do you land on the uh, untimely and improper exit of Lisa Laflamme, who uh, guested on our show? Well... Being fired because she went gray, Dan. Well, who knows if that's the exact reason. No. I've heard a lot of different things about that. I've read a few things. And, you know, you just don't know the actual facts. No. Because they're really not out there. You just sort of rumors. But it, it, for me, it's kind of weird that a person who has had re- relatively good ratings all these years, she's been there for 35 years. The heritage part of that is, and compared to all the other anchors that we don't fire in Canada, that, you know... That was just a weird one to me. I don't think the... Uh, if the hair thing was it, that's ridiculous. Well, I was trying to make the point, Dan, that we let you go gray 
This wasn't a serious conversation. Oh, okay, maybe. Right. We can get to the series if you want. <laughs> I but uh, that's I, where you're diving in. Well, we'll get to there. But uh, Fred and I, we, you know, we have allowed you to go uh, naturally gray. And, and I right. wonder if you felt any pressure from management to color your hair. <laughs> I'm sorry you thought that. Well, we're going to get serious about it after, but uh, I thought we were getting serious, and now I feel like a dork. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, so my hair, uh, thank you for noticing, uh, and I really appreciate you guys not saying anything about it till now. You guys are really great managers. Yeah, we think so. For, for, for a second you. there, I, mean, I thought yeah. you were going to fire me. Well, we do have a couple of people. Oh. <laughs> That's right. We're thinking of bringing Jojo Chinto out of retirement. <laughs> That's right. We're going to replace you with, uh, yeah. you know. You know, I, I think I said this to Dan when we were hanging out last week. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Yes, if you want to get serious. You know, it really is a double standard for men and women in broadcasting. Uh, you know, if you don't think that's true, then think about this. Lloyd Robertson was anchoring that show, that news, until he was in his mid-70s. And as I said to Dan Fred, Dan Fred, um, Lloyd Robertson's face, forget the fact that he was already gray. His face was melting off his head. It was sinking. He looked, he looked claymation towards Exactly. It, his, yeah. his face had now descended. Yes. At one point, he looked like his mother. Yes. He was all jowly, and it was like his face became as wide as it was long. <laughs> and, uh, he got to see, he was literally, I said to Dan, they had somebody off camera holding up the bottom of his face. <laughs> and that guy, meanwhile, this, you know, beautiful woman who just happened to, uh, and well, maybe you can pick that up because I didn't realize that it had happened during COVID. Maybe, Freddie, you were saying that it was fairly recent. The last couple of years, she let herself go gray. Yes. And, uh, Again, it hit home with me because Delise has decided to do the same thing for years, dyed her hair, and it's just a big pain in the ass. And it's a big decision for a woman to go gray. It isn't for a guy. It just happens naturally, and nobody really pays attention to it. And Delise told me, because we often watch Lisa at 10 o'clock on the CTV News Channel before we go to, to go to sleep, and she said part of her inspiration to... You know, say, piss on it. I'm not dyeing my hair anymore with seeing Lisa LaFlam do it. She thought, well, that's pretty cool. Here she is on national TV, and she has taken that position. How liberating. And, you know, the response afterwards was similar to that from a lot of other women. Delise pointed it out to me in a lot of, you know, letters to the editor and comments on social media and stuff. So, yeah, it's been a while, but apparently within the hierarchy, it didn't sit well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Believe it or not. You know, and prior to um, uh, Lloyd Robertson, remember Harvey Kirk? <laughs> Harvey he, Kirk? <laughs> you know, they, they literally had to, like, wheel him off that set mm -hmm. at the end. And these guys are allowed to, you know, dictate when they're going to go as opposed to what happened to her. It just, it does stink. And there's a whole other dimension to this I want to get to as well, but continue. Well, I, oh, by the way, Lisa LaFemme, I, I think it started during COVID because she couldn't get, uh, because in the depths of COVID, she right. couldn't get her hair dyed. So right, she exactly. Use some spray on product or something, and she just finally <laughs> said, ah, screw this. But I mean, and I don't know the other aspects. Uh, I know that there's some people saying that she was a bit prickly to work with, but you know, a lot of men are prickly to work with. Oh. 
you think? Uh, you don't, you know, don't tell me that Lloyd Robertson and Harvey Kirk didn't snap at the odd PA a couple minutes before showtime. Look well, at the way Dan Duran gets bent out of, out of shape just before he does his news every morning. He comes on here, and I don't know. You never know if he's going to bite your head off. You know, Howard, that's sort of the point I wanted to make. You know, we have this... Everybody's on a high alert now about their behavior. And, of course, we should all be mindful of our behavior. But, you know, there are certain professions that in, involve tension, anxiety, you know, and putting a newscast on every night at 10 o'clock. You know, there's, you know, there's abuse and then there's, there's people that are high strung and there's a lot of tension on the set. And people may say something on the spur of the moment that, you know, doesn't land well with uh, some people. But it's not abuse. It's, in, in, you know, in the, in the height of the moment. We're coming up towards this deadline. So I just feel bad for people in that position. So somebody that's a real professional and at 10 o'clock they want the best pro- uh, 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 possible product and they're demanding, that isn't abusive. But now you can be accused of being abusive just because of certain demands within the workplace. Uh, it, it's a cra- You know what? I'm glad I'm not part of it, to be honest with you. Well, we talked about this a little bit before the uh, program started to record. You know, what, what we've talked about, and I don't want to get into it, but just ref- as a reference, what Derringer was doing, the great legendary broadcast Hall of Fame broadcaster, great storyteller, he was abusive to those women. That wasn't, hey, we're, we're, we're running up against a deadline or we have yeah. pressure. That was just sheer mental health issues. I don't know what the, the knock against her is, but I guarantee you if it was a man, they wouldn't care if he went gray. And if it was a man, he would, they, they, well, not now, maybe not so much now, but that behavior has been tolerated for a long time. Yeah. Well, you know, in our society still, you know, given, you know, demographics, the age of management, there's still a lot of guys out there that can't stand the idea of a woman telling them what to do mm-hmm. well, kid yourself that still exists and believe me lisa you talk about derringer lisa laflam wasn't going around the set going oh yeah uh, do you want to compare paychecks you know, <laughs> yeah that's abuse no it's and, and that i'll tell you who does that and it's unnerving is dan durant he's running around each morning in the studio um when you said that uh lisa laflam or that that situation inspired doll and i was like so are you going to be replaced by a, a younger man of color with less experience? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Why not? Um, no. <clears throat> you know what? If, 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 if that's what she wants and that's what she needs, then she's earned it. What good am I? Wow. What good am I? <laughs> what good am I? <laughs> well, you can uh, fix the Frigidaire. <laughs> wow oh, Fred yeah. took a dark turn Yeah that thing's got a little bit weird there It's like yeah. I'm sorry is this, did this turn, is this the suicide hotline yeah, It was August no. 23rd That's right <laughs> Fred's what? cry for help That's right <laughs> Jeez I didn't know Did you need an intervention You spend one day alone One day alone And now you have all this darkness around you <clears throat> But that, that guy And I know the guy I forget his name off the top of my head Omar Sharif or something No it's not Omar <laughs> Sharif Whatever um, He's okay Yeah You know he's not the type of guy When Lisa Laflamme was making her way through the CTV uh, ranks I used to see her and go Man she's good One day she's going to be the anchor and it didn't surprise me when she was. You could just see a star was born. When I see this guy, he's like, oh, okay. You know, but he fits the bill. 
comes cheaper, looks right, all those things. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at now. You know, I do, re- and I think I mentioned this to you when we had Lisa on. And by the way, last week we played or replayed Lisa's appearance, uh, pretty recent appearance within the last, well, within COVID times. Because we had wanted to get her on for a long time. And I remember, this is, I, I remember years ago. A lot of times people will say what you just said. Oh, I remember, I predicted. But I remember when she was not on the main network, you had uh, flagged her as a, a talented broadcast person. Howard, when she just worked in Kitchener, she was the anchor in Kitchener. I remember flipping through and going, wow, like she's way beyond Kitchener. You know? Mm. And, uh... Yeah, and I, I, I personally, I think she deserved better. Even if it had to come to an end, it w- it really w- ended up being a mess, which she she deserved better, I would think. Yeah, it's not a good look on anyone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, part of the story is a Melling, my Mick, Mike Mitchell Melling, Michael Melling, the VP, the executive that apparently was heard to say who who allowed her to go gray. Yes. And, you know, this is a guy is so, you know, so representative of Bell now and a lot of the big companies. He's put in that position. He's more a bean counter than he is a producer or a or, or a talent assessor. You yeah. Know? And uh, it's sad. I mean, that's just running rampant through the through the industry. And you can see it. Turn the television on. <laughs> Well, you know, that, you know, it's not very good right now. Before you and I were rehired by Bell, and we worked briefly when we were on Funny 820 and a couple other stations, and that that woman executive, and I don't remember her name, it doesn't matter, but that was the legendary what, what's in it for us conversation. But years yeah. ago, so by the time I'd come across her, I, it wasn't the first person I'd worked with that wasn't from the radio industry, but years ago... Uh, at uh, what's asked? What was who was I working for at Boom Astrel? They hired uh, a general yes. manager, and that was the first GM I had worked for. Also, a woman, strangely enough, that didn't come from radio. That she mm-hmm. was hired to be in charge of radio, mm-hmm. but she came from another division of the company. And I always thought that was a curious move. It was uh, one of the first of many of those type of moves where. The people in charge of broadcast content were not broadcast content. They didn't come mm-hmm, from that mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Traditionally, they did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all this yeah. by way of saying that Dan Duran, you go natural. Dan Duran, you just do you. Do you. You'll always have a place here. With well, your, thank you. With your gray hair and your, mm. your beautiful, beautiful soul. But Dan is taking on a Lloyd Robertson sort of look in his older age, don't you think? How so? Well, just the, the aging TV head. He is. You know. Yeah, but it's, it's not just like my, it's his skin, skin falling off. It's no, his skin is still no, attached to yet. his skull. <laughs> yeah, you're not there yet. Yeah, is my listen, skin translucent yeah, already? No, you're good. And the, you the, the, this, that Lloyd Robertson... Uh, distinguished, you know, distinguished, yeah. Distinguished. Sure. Yes, yes, oh, okay. Yeah, and even when he... You know, last week, Dan was in town doing some uh, grown-up man work, and you'd see Dan at the end of the day, and he's got his, you know, work jeans on, and even his hair's all askew, and even then, he has a look of, uh, you know, he's uh, distinguished, and... uh, You know how many women go crazy over a man wearing a tool belt? Oh, 
just gets their blood flowing. And he's that type of guy. Ooh, Dan in a tool belt. Well, you keep talking like that. We're going to have to get Freddie Ball to give another hand job. <laughs> All right. Let's officially start the show. Here's the very distinguished anchorman, Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto and from studio trailers on the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now here are two men who have been ignoring the warm weather and bountiful harvest coming off the fields so that they can shop for snow shovels, toques, and warm winter vacations. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, man. You know, you know, yesterday was the 22nd of August. Today is the 23rd. Tomorrow will be the 24th. Soon August. Is that how it works? Wait. <laughs> Wait for it. Come on. I, I was wondering. I'm like, as I'm saying those words, I'm like, how quickly am I going to be mocked by him? Okay. So what's, oh, no, please tell us more. And then what happens after the 25th? I just did that on purpose. Um... The point I'm trying to make is uh, August is almost over. Like, we've, we haven't really been doing a lot of shows the last three or four weeks, as people know, because we're this is the time for, you know, summertime, and it's very short, and, uh, you know, you know everything was hot, hot, hot right there. Remember, it was hot, hot, hot. That's not... All I'm saying is that very shortly, all of this will be over, and uh, August... I don't know about you guys, but August can kind of be a bit of a bummer. August can be a... It's summer still, but it's a bit of... It's like some... It's a bummer summer. You know, it's not great. You know, <laughs> bummer summer. Like a month ago. Just think about it. A month ago, July 23rd, how much different you feel when it's the middle of July than the middle of August. This is what I'm saying. You've got a bit of melancholy is what you're saying. It can happen. Melancholy. Right, so you're not necessarily talking about the weather. You're just the mindset. That it's no. The, yeah. Land. Exactly. Right. Okay. The weather aside, because it. it's going to be nice again it this was week. Beautiful last week. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a mindset that changes for me at least. And you know, I was out with uh, Charlie and uh, Billy, her little dog, and Stan and I just went out in the back there, and you can see the leaves are starting to get a little bit more brittle. You know. Already starting to look like, hey, we're not doing great. If anyone, you know, we're not falling yet, but we're not great, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you're wondering, things aren't great for leaves right now. This is no, the leaves talking. They're on their last leg. Exactly. I get it. Uh, no, I know what you're saying, but, you know, perspective is a, is a funny thing. I, uh, you know, my grandkids were talking about Christmas the other day, and I got this warm feeling, and I... Honestly, I thought, oh boy, September Buffalo Bills start their season, and I like the fall, a nice sunny, cool day in the fall, September, October, and then the, watching the kids get excited over Christmas for the next couple of months, so mm. I'm good for the next yeah, little all while. right. You all know, right. excuse me for being... Oh, no, I know. You're Mr. Glass excuse Half me. Full. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my... Maybe if you had that perspective, something like that, it <laughs> would change right. your mindset. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. the fall. I, know. I don't mind the fall. Yeah, well. And it's inevitable. You can't... Can't stop it. Use your head. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm, you know, sorry. Sorry for trying to produce some kind of content. I thought you would just be all over it. No, man, listen, hey. Listen. No, I thought I we do count uh, counter- a point <laughs> counterpoint. Lord, let me argue for. I, I think we should abolish the fall 
<laughs> yeah, all of a sudden I have a conspiracy. Hey, who's Falling coming on. on the show today? Pardon me? Who's coming up on the show today? It's none of your business, Dan. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Sorry. Uh, the very uh, talented broadcaster, friend of the show, uh, France uh, Airbnb host, Jeff Lumby, will be our guest here in a minute or two. That's great. Both, both um, you guys are heading over there, eh? Oh, nice. yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a big deal. And then all of a sudden, Dan's like slipping in there. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about that, by the way? Because what happened was that Howard booked a trip there, and it just sort of ended up at, uh, What's it my, got to do with Howard? Yeah, I don't care. You're, not being, you're not there at the same time. No, I know, but it'd be, I, I'm arriving before... Yeah, he's going to uh, use up Lumbies. I all think Lumbies. will change the sheets. <laughs> yeah, it's like Dan's going to get there and use, all, use up all of Lumbies' goodwill... And I'll get there for the uh, the right. dregs. He'll be all yeah. he'll be all spent from trying to you know yell at you for three or four days. Then he's going to be like, I've got no energy to yell at you, Howard. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, you know you're right. Obviously, you're right. Uh, there's lots of great things in the fall, September, October, fantastic. But um, you know, I don't have grandchildren to uh, enjoy the wonders of Halloween and the harvest oh, and that. and pardon. This is it. Yeah, and Christmas. So Mm -hmm. my goal is to uh, not lose my golf tan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and stay somewhere warm in the fall, and then I just I don't I can't do winter here. Um, Hey, here here here's the way I got John. This it's a a junior football uh, Johnny Slapshot, and my mind keeps going because we did this last fall across from my house. I have the park. In the fall, September and October, throwing him passes with the football. Mm-hmm. See, this is the type of thing that's in my head. When I think of, oh, August, I'm down, you know, summer's coming to an end. I, all of a sudden, I just, I, I have thoughts like that, thinking, oh, that'll be cool. He'll be able to run a little farther, a little faster this year, catch it a little, little better. All those things. No, it's great, man. Yeah. Maybe you should um, pick up a different hobby for the, uh, for the well, fall. I thought you said maybe time. I should pick up a grandkid. Hey, just, you know, yeah. adopt one. <laughs> To like yeah, a big well, brother situation. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. They probably have that, like little. Yeah. yeah. You know what they call it? Maybe. Big brothers? I could be a big grandbrother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mentor mentor someone. Help them along with, uh, you know, All things right. you've learned in All life. All right. Well, well, you know. A man of very. Sure. Varied experiences and uh, a rich uh, pool of great <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> I just uh, remembered. It sounds so. like I'm reaching here. But. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> Charlie was here last night, as I mentioned, and I, I've been experiencing some difficulty in my uh, bowels, as uh, was evidenced when Dan was here, that I couldn't really stop farting. <laughs> and, uh, and when Dan was here, I would fart, and I'd say, Dan, that's not a fart. I, I have a, con- a condition. I have a condition. Yeah. That's my new thing. So I think it gives you carte blanche. To fart whenever you want because it's not really being rude. It's not rude if you have a condition, and I have a condition now. I, Howard, I'm telling you. Last week, the kids came when I was just on the on the end of COVID. I had tested negative once. The kids came over. We stayed out in the backyard. I kept my distance, but I ripped a couple of farts. Oh yeah, in front of the kids, you know, because it's entertaining for them. COVID farts. And Delise goes, 
Oh, Fred. And I went, oh, I'm sick, though. Remember, I'm sick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a great That's excuse. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. I'm just, I'm on the ends of COVID. I, you can't get mad at me for farting. And so COVID has made me fart. That's why I said to Tara last night. I said, honey, daddy has a condition. She goes, yeah, you've had it your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dr. Fauci will tell you. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. Is a, I know, isn't it? Oh, my God. No, let's I, I, suffer. I know. I know. Oh, by the way, I'd also written down, I wanted to talk about the bills. Yeah. Um, I had written down that, the, you know, NFL is starting. I'm aware of that. I wanted to mm-hmm. get, uh, maybe we can talk about that later. Dan Duran will join us uh, to do the news uh, a little bit later on. Lumby is standing by, and we'll get to him in about 10 minutes. Uh, first, let's take care of some of this business. Business. Yes, it's uh, the Chambers Plan, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Listen, if you're opening even a small business and you want to, uh, you know, you want to figure out right from the get-go, should you have a plan for your uh, employees? Well, yeah, it can be done. Uh, go to chamberplan.ca. Uh, you get all the information there about exactly how much it's going to cost you based on how many employees you have. Really, it's a good way to start a business. Can you imagine being able to attract employees when you can tell them that you have a benefits package? A lot of small businesses don't. And the sad thing is, they can and they just don't know it. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Uh, We're talking prescriptions and dental and all sorts of therapies. They have an HR uh, component now uh, to the plan. It's fantastic. It's the Chamber Plan, chamberplan.ca. People say to me, Howie, are you going to be using the gig sky when you go to France to see your buddy Lumby? Yes, I will. Uh, You can use it wherever you are. There's like 190 countries where it's, you know, active. Um... Spencer had it for the entire month using a hotspot there in Europe and now is working on a, a, a new movie she's working on uh, and uh, they're working on and um, I got some data so that they could have Wi-Fi wherever they go they're on different locations this is what the I'm trying to make the point that it's so easily transportable wherever you go they offer a 100% data plan use all all the things you'll need traveling or even here at home if you need some extra Wi-Fi wherever you are. Even rent a, a car, book a hotel, travel rewards are there. All we want you to do is download the Gig Sky app and enter the code HF2022. Get you $5 off your first plan. And go to gigsky.com for more information. Um Lumby standing by. Why don't we get right to him, and then we can uh, we'll right. go with him early. We'll wrap him up early. We have another guest later. It's going to be uh, it's like an entire show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you and I can talk about uh, the reaction to this guy. M- my favorite thing I saw yesterday is what did, what did Fauci ever do? And then someone responds, "Oh, I don't know. Cure AIDS, Ebola, and uh, you know, COVID. You know, mm-hmm. just that." That's, you know, when people say that, it's like the same people are asking, I don't know what's in the vaccine. Oh, don't you? That's because you're not a scientist. Well, you know, when I raised the question yesterday, why is it these wingnuts, these maniacs, part of the folder, in their folder is this denying of climate change. It just seems to come with all this other nonsense. Yeah, it's all part what of What is the Fauci stuff? All the man did, he was faced with a pandemic, nobody had answers, and he tried to maneuver his way through it to save lives. How is he evil through this? I I don't... And 
And how, like, denouncing climate change like it's nothing, how does that solve or help anything? Well, it's, it's all not- part, it's like, like all part of the, the conspiracy soup. Um, but the fact that, you know, real human beings, grown men and women, where, you know, I was looking at the Fox website this morning, as I often do, just for a little chuckle before the show starts, gets me in the right mood. I mean, there's a, a, a little thumbnail of Tucker Carlson. They're all calling for him to be like the Nuremberg trials. Like they literally, oh, no, know. like they, like they're equating to his response to COVID. Meanwhile, their great leader, the Fuhrer, was talking about fucking shining light in your asshole and, and guzzling Lysol. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not what we're here for. What we're here for is a good time uh, talking to our good friend, Mr. Uh, Jeff Lumby, who is, uh, of course, the uh, host of uh, Jeff and Julie Move to France during a global pandemic. And he's also opened a very exclusive uh, Airbnb. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, you want to come to France? I'm like, yeah, when you have to go on a calendar, you have to, you know, go and see the, the days that are available. Uh, always a pleasure to check in with our dear, dear friend, Jefferson Lumby. Hello, sir. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Very good. How about you, know, you, Jeffrey? I'm very good, buddy. And listen, Fred, yeah. please don't feel excluded. You know that you have an open invitation here. Open. Uh, Jeff, uh, you know what? I, I, know, I know that, buddy. I know that. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's thought... Just, uh, and, and I appreciate that. No, and, and listen, I, I really hope that uh, you and Delise and maybe Darren and Lori take take us up on this because uh, yes. we, we just had uh, two sets of guests here over the last few weeks, and it's just so much fun for us to host. So although it's... Mm-hmm. I think I think when Howard comes, it's going to be a little difficult. He says, you know, Howard says, hey, I just want to hang with you. Don't do anything fussy. And so between the two of them, uh, one of them doesn't eat any carbs and and neither of them drink wine. And they're coming to the wine and and pastry capital of the world. So, <laughs> I, Are you talking about uh, ex-wife Randy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, I she said uh, Randy was saying, "Oh, I'm going to be talking to Julie," and I said, "That's great." So I guess that that's what's come out of the conversation is yeah. Randy. Randy won't be eating any carbs. So it's like, okay, we'll scratch that. Okay, uh, so no degustation, no wine tasting. We'll scratch that. You know what I, I think? Yeah. We're basically heading to the Foie Gras <laughs> Museum, and that's it. Okay. I, listen, I told Randy before she talked to Julie, is Jeff's wife, Jeff and Julie. You know that part. I said to Randy, I said, "Listen, tell her, Julie." I said, I, "I'm." so want to go on a wine tour i would love to see the facility i can still go in and see what oh, yeah. it looks like and see mm-hmm. the countryside yeah. I'm, i so i'm all in there and i'll eat enough carbs for her i'll eat carbs okay, well, for everybody what, what's with the carb thing is this is oh this, this is randy randy has stomach right now, issue or has or, no, or ongoing has had for years oh yeah okay. years and years randy's had some trouble with her stomach oh okay hey can I just uh, abruptly change the topic? Yes, on, please. On a, an article that uh, c- comes from Golf Digest, Howard, not Golf Tweakers or, you know, one of these <laughs> wackadoo uh, online website. Uh, no, this is from Golf Digest. Can I just? Yeah, please. I just, you know, I, this came into my news feed this morning and I just thought no one would appreciate this more than my good friend Howard. Yeah, tell me. Most golfers spend their entire lives waiting for a hole-in-one. Oh, Jesus. They beg and curse and pray. They lean, they lurch, they crumple to their knees as opportunity after opportunity comes up short or long or just inches off the line. But not not Adele Sanford. This weekend, the Alberta native made not one but two holes-in-one during a single round at the Canmore Golf and Country Club 
at the age of 14. No, I've read that. I saw it too. You can suck it. 14 year old. Yeah, how I many, saw that. How many holes in one have you had in your 70 years of golfing? It doesn't matter. How about none? You know, it's funny. Oh. I saw that story too. And a young kid, she, uh, really, and, and by the way, she got two holes in one on, on, on nine holes in her club championship. Yeah. And, like, and it's her first year of golf. Oh, please. I came um, close on the weekend, though, by the way. How much? I came really close again on Saturday. I came within a foot of sinking it. Yeah, uh, it was close. Well, you'll get it. Oh, you'll yeah. get one. Yeah, you'll but, get but the thing is, when you, I mean, to be, you know, serious, it, it really is no kind of a me- measuring stick, is it? Because no. Because you can put, he does, like, routinely puts the ball within It's a inches. badge of honor. It's a badge yeah, of honor. That's my, right. My, my dad had a hole in one. So did my dad. You, you routine, routinely put the ball within inches of the hole. I mean, that's what matters. I mean, whether it, you know, just freakishly goes in one day is just something that you'll, might happen or might not. You'll get it in the clown's nose one day, my friend. <laughs> that's great. By the way, so just check your phone, Lummy. I, I sent you a picture of how close I came on Saturday. You know, oh, it's you funny. a picture of it. Oh, yeah. That's well, how desperate it, was, it is. No, because it was so close. Oh, my God. Like, when I hit it, oh. everyone in my group was like, you know, you know, they sort of jokingly say, go in. And then it hits just before the hole and just jumps past the flag. Um, uh, three putt? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Take three from there. Um, Lumby's doing this uh, podcast. And, uh, I, you know, you, you, you sent me a note. And, and I, I got to admit, it's been a while since we talked. We haven't spoken in a couple of weeks. What is the wedding story? Oh, Jesus. Well, okay. I, you know, I, if, if these people hear this, they're, they're going to be pissed. But I got to tell I got I have to relate this. I can't tell it on the podcast. I got to tell it somewhere. I'm going to explode. Uh, this is the worst wedding I've ever been to in my entire life by leagues. Okay. <laughs> leagues. Was this recent? Yes. Okay. And in, uh, in France? Yeah, right here. And it's it's a neighbor, <laughs> some 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 neighbors from Holland and uh you know, we just thought uh, that, okay, for, first of all, here's what I believe. I believe this. Bah, bah, bah. I believe that you have a wedding reception for two reasons. Number 1, the reason you should have one is to entertain your friends and thank them for supporting you in your life and thank them for coming to your wedding. And there's no freaking two dollars for a Coors Light or any of this other stupid. There's no stag and dough and all this money making bullshit. You have a wedding, you pay for the wedding and you thank your friends and you make it a great celebration for your friends. That's the reason you have a reception okay. or or. <laughs> Or you charge for booze, you have a stag and dough, you ask for money, and it becomes this uh, ridiculous money-grabbing thing. Well, we should have been forewarned by the, by the uh, invitation. First of all, the invitation said no booze. Okay. Even you, Howard, if you what, were getting what? married right now. Of course I'd have no, booze there. Of course you'd have booze. You don't drink, but you'd have booze. Wait, so the, invi- the invitation said we will not be supplying booze or there'll be no booze no. served? Some wanky story about, well, we're, we're building these jeets uh, for uh, rehab and <laughs> my ass. And by the way, how old, <laughs> how old are these people? Um, so it's his second wife and, uh, he's got actually two beautiful daughters. They've done it. He's done a great job, but this was so on the cheap. I'm just getting started. Okay. I'm just getting rolling in here. So that should have been a warning sign. And then the second warning sign should have been at the very bottom of the invite. There was a piggy bank and Julie actually sent an email back. What does that mean? 
Uh, well, we, uh, you know, we, we like to, in, in Holland, we like to do the Dutch. Uh, we, we like to uh, ask for money for a trip. And what? You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I, it, it's basically send money. It's basically uh, uh, aside from a aside. Oh, I see. So you don't give a gift. You just contribute yeah. to the honeymoon. Yeah. Well, okay. which I, you know, I get that. It's, it's kind of standard fare for certain other, uh, uh, I don't know, other people's weddings. But uh, but this was like just asking for like asking for money, right. which I just I can't even <laughs> can't even. So we get there and it's thirty nine degrees. First of all, 39 degrees when we get there. Outside wedding. No booze. <laughs> okay? And no water. Nothing. Nothing like, hey, thanks for coming. Nothing. We're all standing what? in this field. No, no punch. Tent. No punch. No nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so It's like Woodstock we have- 99. <laughs> I wish we had video of Jeffrey during this moment. Well, so then we all parade down to the mayor's office and watch them get married in this sauna. And uh, well, and by the way, French and Dutch. Oh boy, I can't wait for the rest. So only French and Dutch. And then we we make our way back to their place, and I notice they've got chairs in one of their outbuildings. So I'm, I'm going, okay, well, at least, at least they've thought of the sun from like <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia mm-hmm. and, and, uh, but still no water, nothing. Then we realize that they've got the chairs right next to the horse stalls. <laughs> Guess what? 39 degree horse piss smells like. Oh, Jesus. I'm and this, and not, I'll is, tell you what it doesn't smell like punch does not smell like beer does not smell like punch oh, and then all of a sudden the kids start trotting out half cold jars of Snapple and we're honestly getting <laughs> physically sick yeah. to our, and they're doing speeches and we're right next to this horse stall well I, I had to we walked away there were six neighbors. Four of them are now gone. Julie has left because her dress now smells like horse piss. My hair smells like horse piss. The shirt I get in the car from taking the people back, it smells like horse piss. And <laughs> I haven't even had a goddamn drink. It was just, this was the worst. I I, I just can't even. And, and, and so that's, that and and so we ask around like okay is it common that is and the and the french people here are going no no that's not that's not mm-hmm. that's not how we do weddings but uh and and here's the thing so we were extra generous in our envelope oh were you and and yeah well we put in 150 euros which we were told later was ridiculous unless it's like your best friend so i felt stupid put do you think we've even had a thank you note to this point, and this was in early July. Mm. Not even a thank you. <laughs> um, I, I, you know what impresses me is that you've been there long enough that you would get to know people well enough that they would invite you to this wedding. But here's the other thing that I haven't told you. Two days before the wedding, they put their house up for sale. So they're moving. Yeah, give me your money. Goodbye. 
Oh, it's just, I'm sorry, buddy. I just, I've never, I, I've been to weddings where there hasn't been booze and then they bring, and you don't even know there's there's no booze and they bring you a red carafe and a white carafe and it's grape juice. Oh, which okay. Which is almost more yeah, it's, it's yes. insulting. It's ridiculous. Yes, but, uh, I've just so I, I, so in, in, a couple questions. Well, many questions, but uh, I, I know we want to talk about Lisa because we, we have. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you heard us. We've kind of talked a little bit about yeah. it, but um, I want to get your take on it. But um, so 150 euros is like 300 dollars. No, no, it's no, no. It's 250? around two, but but still, it's, it's okay. Well, like every, my, my all point. The other that, neighbors, all the other neighbors gave like fifty bucks, right? You know, we don't know them that well. But I was mm-hmm, gonna say, mm-hmm. you, you know, it, it doesn't to us North Americans. It doesn't seem like a, a sort of a huge amount because generally the the it's like usually you go to a wedding and you give what it would have cost to have you at the wedding. You know, if it's a, well, you know, right. You, do you know what I mean? No, I if know. If that were the case, if that were the case, I could have got away with the 50 cents. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You know, usually they have a meal and booze and, and they party favors. Um, but that, so you would have based your contribution, you know, on what a normal wedding right. gift would be. I, I, I should have done the, the, the Sebastian Monoscalco and, oh, no meal, eh? Take 50 out of the envelope. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> so, uh, and, and, they're, and they've moved away? Well, no, they won't. They, they're asking way too much for their place. They won't sell yeah. that for a long time. But the whole thing just, just reeked of like, this That's isn't funny. for you. And by the way, by the way, as you can appreciate, Julie was... There, there were guys there in cut off shirts and stuff, and Julie went out and got a dress and all the stuff that you know, Julie, right? Well, She's the right, stuff right, you would right, do for a yeah. wedding, yeah. All the stuff you do for a wedding. Wait, there's was, there was other guests wearing like, but tank yeah. tops, mm. tank tops, <laughs> tank tops. <laughs> you know, I, I I've noticed in my life, um, there's like an age tipping point with weddings, I, and I don't know when that age hit, but regardless of the wedding and what's supplied or whatever. Somebody would be getting married, I'd be invited to a wedding, and I'd actually look forward to it. Oh, yeah, the wedding, man. We're going to go and have a good time. And then all of a sudden, one day it became, oh, shit, a wedding? I hate weddings. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's be- and it's because of this money grab thing yeah. and the stag and dough and two bucks for a, you know, Uncle Charlie flies in from Australia, and he's got to mm-hmm. pay two bucks for a Coors Light. It just it makes me crazy. I, I'm just going to say, I, I can't. That's why I asked you the age of these people, because um, the last wedding I went to, 40s they're 40s were no because of the guys i play golf with some of you know a lot of them are like a lot younger than me and so we went to a wedding like a real wedding like a young people's wedding uh three or four years ago and it was like it was a really great affair but it was like you know it was like the kind of wedding we all would have had in our late 20s and 30s but this and then it was like a full-blown you know young people's wedding versus when people get married in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, like mm-hmm. the fact that they even have a big affair seems odd to me because it's like, what? Who needs another wedding? You know, like mm-hmm. if you were to get married, if I were to get married again, I wouldn't have another full-blown wedding. I wouldn't. But when, uh, I'm te- when I'm telling you next to the horse stall, okay, can you see me? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the horse stall. <laughs> right what there. Were thinking? 39 degrees of horse urine. Just it, What did you have to eat? Oh, I didn't. We no, no, no. Forty minutes gone. Oh, really? Oh, you, yeah. You no, bailed. no, no. Forty minutes gone. I'm out of there. We left. Did you? Oh. Did you hear what they were serving? No, I have okay. no idea. I had a snapple and gated. <laughs> snapple. <laughs> <laughs> you took. You had a little snapple. I had this snapple, and then I thought to myself, I've got to get out of here before I kill myself. 
<laughs> so I, I know you got a pretty good handle on French, but the the, the Dutch speeches, what were they like? Could you like that? that you didn't even know what they were saying. I was too busy holding back my vomit. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying not to puke in his mouth. Holy. That's really funny. Um, okay, anyway. well, uh, so you, anyway, so that's great. You're in Dan's coming yeah. there. I'm coming there. By the way, thanks for uh, hooking us up with Stacey Allister. That was a great. Oh, it yeah, was so much so that fun. Went well, eh? Oh, she's so good. It's, uh, for mm-hmm. people who don't know, I think I mentioned it at the time, but Stacey. How I know Stacy is through Jeff and Julie, and Julie and Stacy have been friends for a long time. Stacy, of course, the uh, woman who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, high level executive. No one's telling Stacy Alistair, who is the um, what is she now? She's the, d- the tournament director of the U.S. Open. No one's Correct. telling her uh, she needs to take the gray out of her hair. Oh, you know what? But by the way, that is such a lame excuse. You know, Dan alluded to half of it a minute ago, but it's like. Uh, you, 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 if that's a problem, can you not color the hair back? I mean, at, at, at worst, can you pull her aside and say, would you consider? I mean, that's not a reason. That's ridiculous. This well, is Michael yeah. Melling. Well, this that's is, what we're saying. It's like, what is so what do you, Fred alluded to that? There were some people saying that she can be a bit prickly and whatever. But again, a man, as I mentioned, you know, Lloyd Robertson's face was literally falling off his skull. That's and another they, that's another because Fred made the other great point. Uh, she's not walking around comparing salaries like like Derringer. Like yeah. It's like she, a bit prickly. I mean, resources have been cut back so dramatically in these newsrooms, and she just wants more money for the Ukraine uh, campaign. And you know, so she any any anybody worth their salt is going to fight for their. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you think that's what it was? That she just became too much uh, for management to handle, or? I think this is a I think this is a bone to pick with I think Michael Melling's got a, got it in for her somehow and uh and 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 listen you, you know, Dan was saying she's got good ratings she's got monster ratings Oh man and you know I think it's double what CBC has and yeah. maybe triple what Global has at the same time But uh yeah it's uh it's a weird weird you know when it comes to resources just think where she came from she's been around for 35 years so she at the beginning, she would cover news stories where money was no object. What mattered was the product. What mattered was how are we going to cover this story and do it the best way possible. And then as the business has evolved, she's seen that erode where she wants to go to Ukraine. And it's like they've got them in ho- some hotel like miles from where they wanted to be and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. That's got to be frustrating for someone like her. It really well, yeah. does. Because she comes like her background yeah, yeah. is reporting. She understands. Yes. You know, it's not like it's not like some of the anchors that just come up to be. You know, they're just they're they're talking heads. She yes. was actually comes up as a mm-hmm. legitimate reporter. You know, it's sort of it parallels our three careers. You know, we started, you know, forget Moose Jaw, where I met Jeff. When I went to Vancouver, my first big radio station, there was an AM and an FM. And between two radio stations, and I'm just going to ballpark it, there was 30 employees per station. At least oh, yeah. the newsroom, yeah. when I got to work with Fred in 88, 89, well, no, in 88, when Jeff and I worked in Montreal, that newsroom between CJAD and CJFM was immense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now, you know, so cut fast forward to what a radio station is now. It's maybe a couple of announcers, a bunch of people voice tracking, a lot of syndicated stuff. There is no uh, live news interview. You know, I mean, there was something that came up a couple of summers ago and Fred pointed it out. It was 680 News 
on a weekend and there was a I don't know, some thunderstorm or tornado, something. Well, it was in May, the big storm we had. Was that this recently? Yeah, yeah. And you turn on 680 News, which again, in its heyday, would have had a huge newsroom, and they were running recorded programming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and the 680 template is the most expensive template to run on radio. So you can mm-hmm. understand if any... But, but that was also a money machine. Huge, Jeff. Yeah, but, but to be fair, Howard, that was News Talk 1010 that was running paid programming. 680 News, they would have dispatched reporters immediately to the scene around the GTA. They just don't have them anymore. Yeah. So they depend on people to call in and give them information. Yeah, That's but you know the point I'm making is that it, the, the whole business, resource-wise... And that resource being human beings is looks a lot different than it did when, you know, oh. than even when we even when we left radio 20, you know, 10 or 11 years ago. But I, but I got to say, Bell has got to get I mean, Bell really should divest itself. They got to get out of the media business. They have no they ha, they have no clue. It's a bad look for what them. They're, what they're doing across the board. They have no clue what they're and what you described, Howard, as a radio station, the amount of employees of a radio station. That's not a station anymore. That's a cluster. Oh, yeah, that's, for sure. That's a cluster. You know, one guy does FM, AM, and then a, 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 another radio station in Winnipeg and takes out the garbage. And, <laughs> and so, so often when you read about Bell, admittedly, they make all their money through um, wireless. So if it's not paying off the media side of it, why not? Die? Why not sell yes. it to somebody that might take a little pride in it? Exactly. Uh, well, listen, we covered a lot I, I, today. I think the best thing that can happen in that in that scenario is they fire Michael Melling. Honestly, he's got to be fired. And they put her back. Give her, first of all, uh, give her, uh, let her keep the severance, the two years, and give her a brand new contract and start from scratch. Because there are about 200,000 people have, have signed the uh, change.org uh, yeah. petition which yeah. is a, apparently the highest in canadian history mm-hmm. well i'll tell you what it, and that would be great but as we all know as guys that have worked in radio and television and have been fired you know the likelihood of that scenario happening is zero that's never going to happen it should it would be i'll tell you what i'd love to see it you know i just don't but see the chances are very high like like the derringer situation see ctv has now launched an internal investigation oh, yeah. what, of course and, and again what will happen you know they'll talk to lisa the same way i'm sure the conversation was had with derringer it what's it going to cost that you'd never talk about this and we middle management can keep our jobs cover our ass and not be exposed for what we did and and I imagine that's how this is going to come down. Do you think she'd really want to go back there now? Well, that's, hey, let me let me finish by asking this question too, Jeff. Answer that question, and do, where does she end up? Uh, well, okay. So uh, to to Fred's question, I think if 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 Michael Melling got the gate and she was brought back in, I think she'd have no problem uh, with that. With that, okay. Uh, okay. Um, especially if she keeps keeps the severance. Keeps the two years or whatever it was that was left yeah, on the contract, mm-hmm. and then start with a brand new contract. I think she'd be all over that. Sure. So, yeah. but, but barring but she's that, only f- fifty-eight. She's only fifty-eight. So, barring that, does, is there any is there any other place in Canada? Forget a podcast because that's not going to do it. Um, is there anything else for her in Canada? 
See, I okay, Howard. I think she'd rather take that CTV job than than go and eat crow at CBC or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I agree. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't yeah. think what you're describing is going to happen. It'd be cool if it did, but it would be the first time that's ever happened. I mean, you know, we've all left places and people wrote letters, and but you know that, and I know it's not the same as her. She's a much higher profile person, but that never happens. I just was thinking as you guys were discussing. I was like, okay, so she's 58. Is there another place for someone with that kind of cred and experience and, and talent? Might be U.S., I, I, but U.S. typically goes a little younger, but there might be a place for her in, in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just got one of the most amazing news deliveries yeah. yes. and, that I've ever heard in my life. She is just Same here. so fantastic. Okay, yeah. well, listen, my friend. Always been a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff Lumby's uh, podcast produced by the Humble and Fred uh, Studios. Uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France and a global plant pandemic is uh, available now for consumption. Uh, 25 or so episodes. Uh, what, what number are you up to? Uh, we're at 33. One more thing to consider, CTV. Would you rather have Michael Melling or Lise Laflamme on your on your network? There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, yeah. Think about All that. Right. All right. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so much yes. anger. So. 33 33 oh, I'm still I still smell like horse piss I know you do <laughs> I was going to say it's quite we've been on quite a journey this last half hour Jeff Lumby always a pleasure I will uh, speak to you soon and I'll tell you man I'm very excited because I had the notion today remembering that you were going to be on with us I'm like oh man I'm going to be going to see you in a couple months I know. I can, we can't wait. Don't know <laughs> well, we're gonna, what we're going to do with you, but well, we can't wait. Well, we still, gonna, wait, wait, wait. So all that was available was eating pasta and going to drink wine? That's your whole no, but, no, schema? No, bread. Like, no. <laughs> it's kind of the, the bread, wine, capital of the world. Oh, okay, so, uh, and, so what should we do? What should we do? Take him, a, hey, take him to a tour of churches in the area. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. No, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go oh, yeah. to some cathedrals. Love yes. those. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Lummy, we'll talk to you soon. Actually, we'll talk to Jeff uh, at least a couple more times before yes. he makes monthly appearances. Jeff, of course, our Gig Sky guest of the day. Thanks, Lumby. All right, no more weddings for me. We'll see you guys Yeah, later. no kidding. Um, uh-huh. Are you, are you going to do a show from that room, Howard, when you're over there? You can. Yeah, I really never thought mm-hmm. about it. We should. Oh, absolutely. Why not? At It'll least be one. mid-afternoon here or whatever. But or Yeah, we could do like a, whatever, one of those things we did at the lake, like a special yes, yes. Uh, edition, you, me, Jeff, and Dan. And, yes. uh, you know, we can hear, you know, Lumbee yell at me in person. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, bring, bring, your, bring your little sign, okay? Bring your little sign, and we'll put it back over oh, here. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring a fucking sign to France. Okay, bye, Lumbee. I'll talk to you bye, soon. Jeff. Take care, See brother. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, the Gig Sky guest of the day, of course, uh, and I already told you about Gig Sky, but Fred, there's more to tell. There's more stories to tell the people. Yes, there is, like this one. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. Uh, their industry leading odds, their world class sports book, their feature rich uh, poker room, it's all there. Uh, they have a fully loaded casino and race book. You know, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And I, you know, we talked about it earlier and we may talk about it later in the show. The NFL season's coming up. And how much fun is it to wager on the NFL from so many angles? I mean, you know, during the game, you can wager. Uh, just fantastic. The profile of the NFL and sports wagering, so much fun. But there's baseball, hockey coming up, anything under the sun. Bodog is your place to go. And speaking of going, this program is brought to you by GoDaddy. 
Uh, GoDaddy is powering small businesses and entrepreneurs for over a quarter century, servicing over 20 million customers around the planet. GoDaddy is where your people come to get a domain, uh, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. You can even start your website for free. That's no charge, people. Uh, GoDaddy today, you can uh, go to GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more, as there's no better time now. Let me try that sentence again. There's no better... I've read before, you know. There's no better time than now to get online. You can find your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and finally bring your ideas to life. That's funny, eh? Yeah, that's an interesting question you asked, Jeff, about, like, you know, has he been there long enough to know people well enough to be invited to their wedding? But, you know, he's yeah. been, think about it, it, it only, it seems like he hasn't been there a while, but it's been a few years. Like, it started, this whole process mm-hmm. started prior to the pandemic that he found a place and scouted, and Jeff's been living there and it's a pretty small community, the yeah, ex guess, the yeah. expat community, the the people yeah. that he's talking about. I I've he's yeah. spoken about them to me. Yeah, that but, explains it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's only a few <laughs> people that live there. It's not a big city. He lives in a oh, small no. village. Mm-hmm. But that's funny that um, that Randy, ex-wife Randy, who has got you know dietary restrictions, and there's me who doesn't drink wine, mm-hmm. and Jeff's What's like, Randy, well, is that like gluten-free thing or what? All of it. You know, Randy, I will say thing about ex-wife Randy, you know, she was into, she was way ahead of the game <clears throat> when it came to organics and a lot of, she was really yeah. health conscious. You know, she worked in an organic food company, so she's been very mindful of that for as long as I've known her. And I used to sort of joke like, these groceries are way more expensive than real groceries. But I mean, that was her thing. So I can only imagine that she would have been speaking to Jeff's wife and saying, well, you know, I don't eat a lot of bread. And uh, but I, you know, which is funny because that is some of the best bread I've ever eaten in France and Italy. So Mm. but I'm sure we'll find something to do. I just remember a day in Italy. We were in Tuscany and. There was a pool in the place we were staying, and we decided to just go get baguettes and, and, and yeah. sliced meat. Not like cold cuts here. Where no, I know what you mean. Like mortadella. Yeah, yeah. And then some wine and just sitting looking at the Tuscan Hills and eating the meat and the bread and the, sipping the wine. Oh, yeah. Well, fantastic. I, Charlie and I were talking about our trip to France a few years ago. Her and I went with... Uh, one of her work colleagues and I just remember because at the time and again I sort of not I, not that it was a bread never bothered me but we didn't have it a lot in our family because it bothered my wife so there we were in France and I looked forward to it every morning those baskets of croissant and mm-hmm. bread and warm bread and butter and I've never eaten so much bread as I did there and I would have bread and croissants um, because there's just something about the way they make it the water's different I guess I don't know when we were in Tuscany, same place, actually, we'd wake up in the morning and we could smell croissants being baked in the kitchen of the place we were at. Like it was just un- that that smell when they're baking fresh. Oh, memory. Anyway, I'm sure we'll be uh, fine. They'll be like we're going to be with them for I'm spending four days or so, four and a half days in Paris and four and a half days with them. You know, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leaving Saturday. So, you know, I'm sure we'll be fine. Have you ever been to Paris, Africa? I have not. No. Yeah, the Eiffel Tower is interesting. 
just the image you get of it as a worldly sort of mm-hmm, like, like an icon structure. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you're actually on it, and you go, "Oh, this is different," you know. How so? so? Like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, just not as spectacular as you think going mm-hmm. in because you've seen it all your life. No, I, I can. I mean, Spencer was showing me pictures. They spent a week in Paris. And even though I've never been there, that European architecture, the vibe of it, you know, it's it sort of seems somewhat familiar, but it's also a big city, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. And we're staying in a really nice place. Um, we got an Airbnb. I, I couldn't tell right. you where. It's somewhere in the center of the city. And that's a, that, that's a story in itself. You're traveling with your, I mean, you know. <laughs> I know. Isn't that, it's funny. No, it's a weird, it, but I like it, actually. No, it's remarkable. So many marriages break up and people literally become enemies. And pr- that's probably the norm. And here you guys are all these years later traveling together and enjoying each other's company. You have a solid relationship. No, it's a, it's a model. It's a model to the rest of us. It really is. Well, thank you. But it certainly has made life easier in our family, you know, for all those events you have together, whether it's the, you know, the Jewish holidays or, you know, when I celebrate Christmas as a Hebrew man. But also the fact that I know when, you know, I, I, in planning the trip and the Airbnbs discussions and all the stuff, it's very familiar. I've, I've known Randy since 1988. So I know when we go to France on the... 19th or 20th of October. I know exactly what to expect. I know what the time is going to be like. We're going to have a lot of laughs and she's fun to hang out with. And she does have her quirks. You know, we can't have bread. I don't want pasta, but uh, I'm fine with it. It'll be, she'd be fun to hang out with. And I, and Jeff and Julie love her and it'll be a fun hang. Sure. No, it's fantastic. I think it's great. Um, um, what would she eat though in Paris? Like, what does she, does she eat? Like proteins? Like yeah, meats? And, I don't know. You know, she'll eat stuff. There'll be lots of stuff for her to eat. Tofu. Myself, I'll be eating a lot of bread. Um, I didn't. Yeah, it was funny in our family for years, and when we lived in with the kids, we just didn't have a lot. We never didn't have. I mean, you know, the kids would have toast, but we just didn't. She didn't have any, and so I sort of right. got out of the habit of having it. But we had mm-hmm. pasta and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, so we missed National Radio Day. But we did talk a little bit about radio today and how it's changed, and we've had a lot of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it what, the, the thing that Lumby said, you know, they, you know, they bring her back, they fire that guy, and they give her the, you know, none of that's going to happen. Is this not? They can't. Cause, you know, it's like uh, it's like I was listening to that podcast and by the way i did put it up on our facebook page yesterday and i just listened to the tail end of it and they said something in it that's it's kind of analogous and it'll take me a second but the, these people who are supporters of trump the QAnon, the conspiracy people one of the things they said in the podcast is they're so far down the road with it They've given up a lot of their relationships. It's it's who it's become their religion. It's their cult. And no amount of, you know, if the FBI comes out and said, Trump, we're charging him with treason because we have video of him selling uh, secrets to the Russians. They still wouldn't believe it because for them to believe that they have to walk back everything that they've been saying for a few years. Well, that's the same with CTV. You know, they would have to walk back why they fired her. You know, they'd have to, you know, eat it publicly. They're just never going to do that. And I, you know, it, it's just all so slimy, like the Derringer thing with Chorus, you know, 
again, they've parted ways and, you know, these non-disclosure things. There's so many guys in that mid-management thing and we've named them and they know who they are. Mm -hmm. They were so happy when they heard that that day because, oh, there's going to be no more discussion. My name might not come up again or won't come up again. You know, I was part of that. But you know what? This is going to be pushed under the rug because they gave him enough money to shut up and not talk about it. Same thing at CTV. And, you know, and these people go, about, you know, and we know them, those middle management guys at Chorus are just going about their business as consultants and everything like they're all these great wizards when, when in fact, they were party. Oh, yeah. These women, these women being tormented and abused and insulted. And no, it's funny. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. And that's so true that the day that it was announced that... Uh, I mean, they, 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 I'm, I'm, we don't know if they've stopped their internal investigation, but all yeah, those guys, that, all that those part, guys, pardon? Yeah. Well, part of that internal investigation will be not, they're, they're going to, listen, even when it's done, do you think they're going to share the details? Well, no, anyone? of course not. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. So those guys, as you've just pointed out, those guys would have been ecstatic that, yeah. that the, all, all the names, <clears throat> you know, the little general and the, this guy, all those guys are now get to sort of hide, unless it does turn out that they're going to say these were the enablers of it, but they're not. They're not going to walk it back. Same reason as, as uh, CTV isn't going to rescind their decision or whatever. All I know is that there's people out there should do some due diligence. So if you're hiring one of these guys to be your consultant and, uh, you know, help uh, plan uh, your strategy for your next station, just know who you're hiring. Somebody that, you know, put principles sort of in the back seat. Yeah, right. yeah. Not our Dan Duran. Dan Duran, uh, it's been an hour or so. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Are you an emotionally uh, good place to do the news? Or I certainly am. Do you need am. some more my time? My favorite bird, a blue heron, just landed on my dock here. Your blue heron? Is that a neighbor? <laughs> what does heron think about that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what blue, does Fred Ball think about that? Blue Heron? <clears throat> I don't even know him. <laughs> uh, I saw a, a Twitter account today. I thought that you would love Fred. It's called uh, Dad Jokes. Really? Yeah. What was I reading about Twitter? A guy, a, 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 what do you call it? A uh, whistleblower on Twitter? Security is very lax. And oh, on yeah. And on. I'll have to get into that more today. Uh, hey, did you hear about the optician who made the biggest monocle in the world? It was a huge spectacle. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I had a happy childhood. My dad used to put me in tires and roll me down the hills. Those were good years. <laughs> See, I told you you'd love all that. Uh, the first annual meeting of Camouflage Club was a disaster. It looks like no one showed up. <laughs> anyway for more of these type of dad jokes go to at dad jokes on twitter uh all right here's a uh, fine father a friend to to one and all now here's to a fella named dan duran a hell of a guy with a hella big wang the quintessential anchor man his voice is nice and low <gasps> Dan Duran, the Anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. 
Dan Duran, the anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, breaking news live from Lakeside. Another wonderful day in the life of Dan Duran. He's here. Just clear your schedule now for the next couple of minutes and listen up, you nerds. WestJet is taking on the Canadian Transportation Agency and their interpretation of the Passenger Rights Bill, or the Bill of Rights, called the APPR, the uh, the Air Passenger uh, Protection Regulation, I believe is what the uh, APPR stands for. So here's how it works. An airline changes your flight, like cancels your flight uh, within a certain period of time before the actual flight's supposed to happen. And your flight delays you more than four hours. They're supposed to reimburse you for uh, for that. Uh, if it's more than four, it's 400 bucks. It goes up the longer you wait to a maximum, I think, of about uh, 1500 Anyway, so if... Uh, you so what's been happening? The only ex- exception to that is if the it was out of the airline's control. So like if something goes mechanical or something, then sorry, we we are oh, not going to reimburse you. Yeah, it's something that they can't, they have no control over. But staffing they do, and for for most of the pandemic, the airlines, Air Canada and WestJet, have been you know getting a little bit washy wishy washy around whether or not they reimburse people if this if the pilot doesn't show up for COVID or something, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this guy. Uh, what it's all about is a guy who uh, was supposed to get $1,000, and they said no, based on the details of your itinerary, which they canceled it an hour and a half before his flight, mm-hmm. and uh, rescheduled him for the following day. So, based on the details of your itinerary, we are unable to approve your claim for compensation, as your flight was impacted due to flight crew member availability and was required for safety purposes. So... That's, a, I guess, the safety purposes part of the regulation is what the airlines are kind of playing around. So they're taking it to court because the CTA uh, this month said, okay, we're going to clear this up. If it's a staffing issue, you don't get reimbursed. And the airlines are now saying, well, I don't think that's uh, not that clear in the you've interpreted the regulation wrong and they've taken it. No, now, I've actually, Wait a minute. You mean if it's a staffing problem, you do get reimbursed? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. the, you do, but the yeah. airlines say that's not right because they yeah. misinterpreted the regulation. Mm. You know, it's a tough one. A lot of companies have used COVID as an excuse to cut costs. We know that, but you know, the airline industry, the logistics, and it's so inter- intricate. And and you know, as a society, we sort of all pulled together through COVID. And I, part of me actually sides with the airlines. Just think about that COVID. You know, you have. Um, flight attendants uh, uh, pilots coming down with covid like i can understand that situation you know? well, I, I, I can kind of agree with you but on the other hand your your workforce should probably have a, uh, enough depth in it so that you can compensate for that yeah well that was and, part of the problem dan is that go ahead i'll, I'll yeah no i, I mean the same exact thing happened to me with WestJet. Mm-hmm. oh geez. i was delayed mm-hmm. And it was, uh, they denied it for this exact, that, that yeah. quote I read you, exact same thing. Yeah, but I went to the Canadian Transportation Agency to of course complain you about it. Mm-hmm. 
there is a complaint process that you go through. And uh, when I tried to get uh, give WestJet a chance at it, they they, they silo the uh, department that actually does these these uh, mm-hmm. checks. You can't talk to them. You talk to customer service. They have no access to that department at all. So nobody knows what they're doing in the department that gives you the refunds. So And you, and the communications, every time you send somebody a message, they say, we're not going to talk to you about this. We've already told you and made a decision. So there's nobody, no manager, nothing, no way of getting hold of no. uh, you know a vice president or anything. Anyway. That's a tough one. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about that rule. And that rule was in effect. It's been in effect in the airline industry for a long time. And when I was in France talking about the, that trip to uh, France with Charlie, I was, what happened was I woke up and I started getting notices from Air Canada very early on in that day that my flight had been delayed. It was being delayed again and it kept getting delayed. And there's a, uh, provision if it gets delayed over a certain number of hours and by the time this is what happened get to the airport somebody recognized and i was humble from the humble and fred show and we were talking and there was this big line of people because this is a big kerfuffle and at one point he called me over he said i just want to show you something and he pointed out that there was a provision in this for an international flight if it had been delayed more than a certain amount of hours that we were entitled to a refund a compensation and i got it Mm. I got uh, like a nine hundred or a thousand dollar, whatever payment, because the flight eventually did leave. But it was one of those things that's supposed to leave at eight o'clock in the morning. Didn't leave till eight o'clock at night. That type of day. So there are, you know, yes, you, you've had your trouble with WestJet, and I, I always laugh. I was thinking, you know, what was that person's day like before they picked up the phone and it was you on the other end. <laughs> It's like, I'm just going along, living my life. And then, <laughs> then one this day, guy, yeah. this very mm-hmm. deep-voiced, handsome-sounding man <laughs> took me to task. All I'm saying is that it, it does that, that thing does work. They have paid it out. But right. you can imagine that, you know, they're getting such a bad rap because, sta- like someone said to me jokingly the other day, you know, like, I've got 750 hours of flying time. I sh- the airlines are trying, they're desperately trying to hire pilots. And I say, well, by the time they get to me, that's, that's the, the definition of desperation. And we're fly- we're going to hire this one guy. He can only fly Cessnas. But, uh, but my, back to my point originally, though, the airlines shouldn't be scheduling flights if they haven't got crews for them. And they like you if you haven't got enough people online to right. do it, then don't don't schedule flights. Yeah, maybe. Have, have a depth of field enough so that you can, if someone cancels or gets sick, you've got other you know crews standing by and start charging. You got to start charging more for tickets because no, no, like no, no, the, no. the the <laughs> amount of, of of disruption in in Canadian air travel and the world. Yeah, air travel it's right it's big. Ridiculous. It's a big deal. So uh, listen, I get that in normal times, but again, it was a pandemic and it side you know blindsided a lot of people and again now you were saying they should have had all these employees in in place based on maybe getting or not even knowing about a pandemic all i'm saying is and it's i can't believe i'm saying it part of me understands that well you have to i mean it's logical Mm -hmm. i mean and and think about the first year of the pandemic all those Mm -hmm. airline employees were furloughed and and uh taken off their the line and and in order to get them back all all i'll say about this too is because i've got a you know we're, we're going to france in the fall i'd like to go to mexico later and there's this outside, outside chance I might be going back to Alberta in a couple of weeks for a golf tournament. What it's done, though, is it's made air travel or the idea of it 
a pretty tenuous thing right now. Mm. Like one of the things that Randy and I, ex-wife Randy and I were talking about is, you know, can I go to France for 10 days? I can with just carry on luggage because checking it is a nightmare. So like those are the kind of things maybe you wouldn't have thought of prior to the pandemic where you you're not 100 percent sure if you're booking a flight, if you're going to actually get on it. Um, I notice those stories have died down, especially from Pearson. Is it because they've actually improved the situation or are they just on to the next? Well, I flew uh, when I flew to Calgary in June through Pearson carry on only. I I had no trouble. I had no yeah, trouble. That's domestic. That's what I'm saying. Domestically, it hasn't been an issue. But, but I haven't remember for a while there in the summer, there were stories oh, yeah. every day showing the luggage heaped up at, uh, at Pearson and these horrible stories of people on the tarmac for th- three and four <laughs> hours. Um, I, I just haven't been hearing those stories. I don't know if they've just gone on to the next thing. Now, Dan, you, you dress a lot better than I do. Will you be bringing one of those steamer trunks you see in the old-timey <laughs> movies? You know, <laughs> one of those. You know, you ever see yeah. these old movies and you see people going on a trip and it's like 19 fucking things of luggage yeah. and, and th- three porters. Three porters. <laughs> taking your luggage onto the ship. I never understood what yeah. porters were for until you see one of those old-timey movies. People got steamer mm-hmm. trunks and shit. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, Dan Duran, uh, is that uh, is that all you have? Uh, is that all you have for well, us? I, I, that's really all I have. But that's I, all. You a, know, that's a, all just, anyone this, needs. Uh, this just in, though, there was a. Uh, this is you know, nut bar uh, Donald Junk, uh, Donald Junk. Trump, <laughs> Donald Junk Jr. Uh, he was uh, speaking the other day, and he uh, said some batshit crazy stuff about. Uh, the nuclear codes, which his dad, well, obviously he, his dad wouldn't have the nuclear codes, but if he had the codes or whatever, mm-hmm. it, uh, it they would have been canceled, right? Or they changed. Yeah, of course. It, yeah. It, it's ridic- a ridiculous premise. But uh, this is Donald uh, Trump Jr. talking about that. Donald Trump has the nuclear codes! Trump actually still had the nuclear codes, it'd probably be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our, oh, that's enemies, our enemies might actually be like, okay, maybe let's not mess with them. Unlike when they look at Joe Biden and they say, you know what, we should attack now. Donald! Yeah. <laughs> I saw some of that stuff. He's, uh... That's the thing I can't get over. You know, it's like all these people who mm-hmm. don't think he's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Like how do even if you were like in the QAnon world and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but how do you listen to him and not go, well, that guy's a douche, just a creep. Him, him, and Eric just creeps. No, um, we should mention too. We talked about this earlier, not on the show, that uh, Herschel Walker, another Trump uh, endorsed candidate, right? Uh, yesterday was asked about the climate provisions within the new legislation that was paid in the United States, and he was saying we don't need it. Why? Well, don't we have enough trees? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what he said. We have enough trees. That's don't why the we have enough okay. trees around here is what he said. So this is this is a guy that could end up in the United States uh, government. Um, as I said to Freddie, too, I said, you know, I, there's a he's running, I think, for Congress. And he's mm-hmm. the, the ex-president of the United States is endorsing Herschel Walker mm-hmm. for a, a, a seat in government. And he's only four points behind. That's the part that I, I read yesterday that I was yes. like, what? He's only four points behind in the polling against an actual human being who makes sense and puts sentences together. Mm-hmm. Herschel Walker is the one who recently mentioned about the air 
uh, that we have over the mm-hmm. North America is being mm-hmm. compromised by the China air. Because mm-hmm. our good air moves over yeah, there and their exactly. bad air moves over here. Yeah, so, so what's the use of any of it? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's also, mm-hmm. it's like the, I know we're old men now, but it's like you can't imagine 20-ish years ago any of this stuff not just being sort of endlessly mocked in, back into oblivion. But now, now you've got Tucker Carlson last night saying that he thinks Anthony Fauci should go mm-hmm. on trial like the Nuremberg trials, which for you younger mm-hmm. people was, that was, those were the Nazis that, that killed all the mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And this is why, you know, you talk about that whole, that whole collection, all those guys are such cowards. Do you think Tucker Carlson would ever go on real time with Bill Maher or would ever go on one of the late night talk shows? They only go where they're going to get friendly fire. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's what, like, even like on Fox News, they, they, they defend Herschel Walker or they endorse him like Trump does, right? But they would, none of those guys that endorse him would ever go in any forum where they would have to explain why. No, exactly. They'd have to answer for it. Have to answer for it. And they're, they're such cowards. And, and say what you want about the left and left, right, and all that bullshit. Left-wing people will go on those shows and answer those questions. Well, they're trying to. Sometimes it's naive and it's stupid, but at least they'll answer the question. There's a great clip of Tucker Carlson when he was on CNN. For a lot of people don't remember, Mm -hmm. he was the bow-tie-wearing douche on CNN years ago. And there's a great clip. Just look it up. It got circulated recently because of Jon Stewart's uh, intervening on the behalf of those veterans. But it's a great Mm -hmm. clip of Jon Stewart basically eviscerating Tucker Carlson. And and that's what and, and, and they're just afraid to go up against anyone that would question like I would love to see Tucker Carlson actually debate somebody no. about his ideas around January sixth, around Fauci. I don't no, know. They like you you'll never see that. One thing I will say, remember Bill O'Reilly? He yeah. would do that. Remember, he did a tour with John Stewart. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I saw him on Dave Letterman, and Dave, Dave, he walks out and sits down, and Letterman said, you really don't believe all that stuff you say, do you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and, and O'Reilly goes, yes, I do. Why? And he says, because I think you're a goon. That's what he was saying. <laughs> um, well, was, can, yeah. But he took it. You know? Well, yeah, you got to give him credit because he did. I've, you can go and look at, again, Dave taking him apart, and him at least mm-hmm. having the... Yes. But he's also an old school guy. I mean, Bill O'Reilly mm-hmm. came from mainstream media. He was the, an entertainment reporter. He morphed right. into that guy. Um, and, and all because they saw it as they see it. I think they all see it as a way to make money off these poor, uneducated. Yes. And again, mm-hmm. as, as religion does, it just it's sort of sad and fascinating at the same time. Much like mm-hmm. these fine folks cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Speaking of a religion, look over my shoulder this morning. Does it not look like I'm in a church and that's a cross over my shoulder? It just gave me the creeps. Yeah. Well, you love baby Jesus. Um, are we done? Do you have a... Not that we're done. We have another guest coming up here in a second. Well, you, the retirement sure. Well, hang on a second. I got that. Mm-hmm. Hang, here you go. I talked to the retirement sherpa yesterday. He's actually starting to feel a little bit better. Thank goodness. Thanks, baby Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the retirement Sherpa, and yesterday I saw him reply on our Facebook page to, uh, you know, we were talking about, um, uh, I forget the term I used. I said, like, uh, many um, um, Humble and Fred listeners have become part of the... Uh, uh, the retirement Sherpa under his umbrella. Uh, he's uh, investing for them, and he said, "No, it's more than that. It's like several, or anyway, whatever the term was that more than I was uh, giving credit for." And that's great to know uh, that uh, you know Humble and Fred Radio works, and Sherpa works for you. I mean, le- uh, several Humble and Fred listeners have uh, come over to the Sherpa side, and the results have been fantastic. If you have a portfolio, you want somebody to have a second look at it, he's your guy, and again, he'll give you the straight goods if you're on the right track he will tell you he's licensed on both sides of the border by the way so if you're in the states doesn't matter retirementsherpa.ca is where to go and uh, we're gonna have a quick chat here with uh, mark robertson he's the uh, regal plaza's project manager the regal hotel group uh launched sales at regal plaza corporate center i'm just curious about what this is all about and let's welcome mark robertson to the show hey mark Hi, Howard. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I just saw your uh, screen. Just you, you had a, uh, a Callaway cap on there. Are you a, a golfer, are you, Mark? Uh, yes, I am, actually. Actually, uh, to give you a bit of a surprise, we've actually golfed together years ago. Of course what? we have. Uh, I... I uh, I, I, w- I was a member at Glen Cairn. I've now switched over to Rattlesnake. Oh, but, nice! Uh, yeah, we golf. I golf with you and your brother. It was a great time. Oh, Lots that's fantastic! Fun. My yeah, well, my older you know, brother Mark, and I. The amount that um, Howard golfs, <laughs> I'm not surprised that he's pretty much golfed with everybody in the <laughs> that's G. Right? That's, there's very few people I haven't. But yours was a special, special day. Um, well, you know, it's funny. I, I just finished this my tenth year at Glen Cairn as part of the uh, Club Link family, and. Um, are you still so you still pretty active there at Rattlesnake? Uh, yeah, well, my wife was at Rattlesnake, so with the, with the whole COVID and, and changing when you can golf uh, as yeah. home club members and everything, we end, I ended up switching over. So, but I love Glen Cairn. Well, and, we played there just the other day. And your wife and you play? Is it? Is there? Are you better than your wife, or is she better than you? Oh no! I uh, let's see. I probably you know score better than her, maybe one out of five or one out of ten times. Really? So, wow. Yeah. So. Isn't that something? Yeah. Jeez, What's these that? women are getting out of hand, aren't they? <laughs> That's right. Oh, no what kidding. Does that drive like? What does that drive home like after you get dusted by the missus? <laughs> um, but let's talk about... It, it keeps peace in the family. I bet so. it does. Um, the uh, the Regal Plaza Corporate sure. Center. I want, I want to talk about that because it's a huge project. Maybe you can just outline it for our listeners and why it's a, of interest and of note. And then uh, we'll tell people how they can find out how to get more information. Sure. Um, well, basically, uh, it's in terms of the scope of the project, it's a 12-story building. Uh, it's actually at 600 Dixon, near Dixon and the 401. And it's an interesting project because it's actually a combination of levels 5 to 8 are a Staybridge long-term hotel, whereas the mezzanine up to level 4 is actually a on average, sort of 750 square foot commercial condos. Um, but uh, it's all tied in with the Holiday Inn that's there. So we're actually creating a complex. Okay. Uh, where we're going to have two hotels, uh, probably a total of almost 400 rooms, about roughly 200 in each. 
Uh, we're going to have the Perkins there as sort of a morning restaurant and dinner. Uh, we're going to have another restaurant in the new building, uh, more sort of a, a dinner, you know, business style. Uh, and uh, we're going to have ground floor retail uh, to support the commercial condos and the long-term stay. What's interesting is it's actually a walking distance from the Congress Center, uh, the convention center down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, part of the vision that we had when we did it is this makes a lot of sense for people who are coming in for a week uh, for a convention or so forth. Uh, you don't want to go out for dinner every night or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this gives you the option of, you know, uh, walking back and forth. Plus, there's restaurants there. Plus, you know, if you want to cook something yourself, then, uh, then there, you know, there's the ability to do that as well. Yeah, it sounds if, like if you're in the area, it's like a little self-contained village because you say there's a big atrium area where you're going to get yes. the feel for outside and uh, swimming yes. pools and the whole, yes. the whole shot. Yeah, and the, and the normal, you know, exercise rooms uh, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it as well. Uh, so, yeah, and I think the idea was, and at the time, the counselor that was there, Michael Ford, who's now with the province, um, what was was pushing for a vision of that whole corridor along Dixon there Mm -hmm. uh, of being like you just mentioned, uh, like a village, Mm -hmm. like uh, self-supporting. There's enough hotels there. I think there's enough population because it's always come down to the critical mass. Um, I think there's enough population there that they, uh, they can support uh, this type of thing. And as you say, it's very convenient. It's close to the airport. It's close to all that. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and, and if anyone knows where the International Center is. But I'm, I'm kind of curious, like these type of complexes where it's I want I don't want to use a wrong term. So correct me if I, it's not correct. A mixed use where it's not just a hotel and it's not just a, um, you know, uh, a business center. It's all combined. Is that part of the new frontier of these? You know, it, is it too expensive just to build a standalone hotel? Hotel these days? Uh, yes and no. Actually, the hotel business, certainly by the airport, is doing quite well. Uh, it, it has been uh, sort of a, a rule of thumb in terms of a successful hotel business is about right, running around 85%, 80% occupancy all the time. The ones by the airport are running, you know, above that typically. Uh, and actually, we're almost back to that, you know, post COVID, which is really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think the idea here was the, the vision that we had is this is not even necessarily uh, from the commercial side for local people at all. Like we're looking at advertising in airports in like Vancouver, you know, Chicago, uh, you know, L.A., just to throw out some, some names. Like I think the idea would be for people who uh, have uh, some business in Toronto, but maybe not a local office yet. Um, this would give them the opportunity to have a local office in a, in a you know a smaller local office, real close to the airport, easy to get downtown, easy to get to wherever the customers are, uh, and gives them a base so they can say they have mm-hmm. a Toronto address. Mm-hmm. Or in some cases, we're talking to international, so international business would have a Canadian address uh, and, and a presence, and because of the the hotel and and everything else supporting it'd be quite easy to you know go there and stay there for a few weeks well and let's you know the regal plaza i mean the the concept let's not kid ourselves too from november to (laughs) april when you know you can have a destination like that and not have to go outside a lot and have everything really everything that you need right at hand uh that's got to be a selling point 
Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and including like there's shuttles to the airport, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with transportation now, you know, there's shuttles or ways of getting downtown and around very easily. To your point. You know, oftentimes in this show, when we're not talking nonsense, you know, and it came up <laughs> it came up earlier when Fred and I were discussing like what, you know, what are grown up? men and women do in a day like what are their days like you know i was talking about i spent the entire day with a t-shirt covered in soy sauce stains you know he uh was uh doing took a, he took apart his fridge yesterday to get rid of a noise <laughs> meanwhile a guy like you who's got like uh the regal plaza corporate center and you're putting to get deals together talking about international business and we're just thinking i wonder if he's got soy sauce on his shirt but you don't <laughs> only below what you can see yeah right well, so i'll tell you when you're one of those grown-ups who is doing great work and if you know here's the thing this this complex is expected to be done march of 2024 right and so what is the point now of doing shows like ours to get the word out what is it you want people to take away from this conversation well basically that we're up and running and uh, at this point what we're doing is we've we've launched the marketing and sales uh for the commercial condo units um so we're uh, looking to to sell those i guess is to be blunt is the main blunt this is a good place for bluntness yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So basically, at this point, um, in terms of construction, like part of the goal was to get at least to the ground level with the concrete before we got too far in, too far into sales. We're actually now uh, pouring the concrete for the mezzanine level. So all the basement, two levels of underground parking are all done, uh, and now we're just starting all the above grade and, and going well right at the mez, and we're going to go up to twelve. So now we felt was the appropriate time to launch sales for the commercial units because people, you know, don't want to buy them too far in advance. If you're running your business, you want to have a bit of perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so now is the time that we're launching those sales, and uh, there's a sales center rate at 600 Dixon. Uh, so, uh, and I will, we'll send you the contact information, I guess, if anyone is interested. Sure. And if so, someone's listening now, though, if they want to go, where would they search? What should they go to? Uh, or just search Regal Plaza? Yeah, if you search on Regal Plaza, there is a website. I'm embarrassed to say I don't know. That's that. okay. I don't know it right off, but it's uh, if you do a search for Regal Plaza or 600 Dixon, um, I think you'll you'll definitely find it and you'll find the contact information okay. there. Uh, the sales center is open from, I believe, noon to 5 o'clock, uh, Monday to Friday as well, if anyone wants to pop by. Um, but yeah, and I, and I think the idea is we're, we're building up that whole village, as Fred mentioned, okay. in, in that area. Melissa, man, uh, sounds great. We appreciate you coming on and letting everyone know. Uh, so just getting back quickly to golf. Uh, how long have you? How long have you been playing? Oh gosh. Uh, oh, since the early nineties. Okay. And uh, how many how many holes and ones have you had, Mark? Uh, that, that's not a fair question because I've only, I've only had one and my wife has had three. So. All right. Yeah. You yeah. know how many? So that's a total of four in your family. You know, that's right. four more, four more than I've had. Four oh, more. my God. I know. That's, even, that's incredible here. Even my brother, even the guy that you and I played with, even <laughs> he had a hole in one. It's ridiculous. I don't know. 
to give you a laugh, you know, at number seven near the road at Glencairn. Yep. Uh, she got a hole in one there, and two years later, I got a hole in one. On the yeah, isn't that good for you? Good for you, too. Uh, oh, you enjoy that. I can't believe you haven't had one. I know. Oh, we, none of us can, Mark. None of us can. <laughs> yeah. It's the amount it's... of balls you hit. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. It's shameful, it's Mark. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Why do I even bother? <laughs> Mark Robertson, what a pleasure to catch up. I hope this won't be the last time we get a chance to talk. It was great. Sure. Okay. Yeah, Sounds and we're great. always listening. If you, if you need us again, we're always here for you, my friend. Oh, great. I and, much right. appreciate that. Mark, next time you get a hold of one, let us know. Would oh, you? yeah, please. <laughs> I, I'll give you my phone number. Text me. I don't care what time it is. All right. There's Mark Robertson, the Plaza, Regal Plaza's project manager. Uh, just Google Regal Plaza or 600 Dixie. Uh, take care of yourself, sir. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, that's great. Everyone's got a hole in one. Did you see the picture I sent you? Yeah, that's close. And when that ball was in the air, like it was one of those things where, again, you know, it takes a few seconds for the ball to get there. And while it's on its way, because I'm so aware now that I haven't had one and I've been close a few times this year, part of me is wondering while it's in the air, is this the time? Is this the moment? Will I? Should I take this all in? Should I remember this because this will be that time? And uh, it hit the green. It is, it, is, it is a crazy thing when you think about it, isn't it? Just the you know the you know the, just the geometry and what's ever involved with it. it like yeah. it really doesn't mean the fact you haven't means nothing. Of course not. It, it's just bewildering. You know, it's just the luck of the bounce. One of my friends, I'm not sure it's Darren, one of my friend's sisters, like the first time, like one of the uh, the second or third time she golfed or something, just like just whacked the ball and somehow it went in the hole for a hole in one. I forget exactly who it no, was, that's but great. there's a ton of those stories. Mm. Like, how do you explain that any more than you can explain that you haven't, you know? Well, as uh, the Sherpa, our friend uh, Tim Niblett pointed out, because mm-hmm. I put that picture up on uh, the social media saying, you know, I'm mm-hmm. getting closer. No one's yet. And he reminded me that I've also, you know, every time we ta- have this talk, I go, well, you know, he said, well, you know, you last time I checked an albatross, which I've had, is a lot rarer, which is a two on a par right. five. But it doesn't sure. matter. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that now. Mm-hmm. I just want one just to get the uh, what do they call that? Like get it off my the, the get off the Schneid or whatever to be like I've been yeah. shut out for my this is the fifty second year that I have have been a, or been a golfer I started when I was eleven mm-hmm. I worked at a golf course I've been around the game I've hit hundreds of thousands of golf balls mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands right and now, none of them have gone into the hole mm-hmm. none. Now, an albatross is harder because your second shot in a par five would be a lot longer than a, a par three, right? Well, that's, I mean, yes and no. I mean, there are long par threes that are over 220 yards, but the, the reason an albatross is so rare is there aren't that many people that can hit a par five and two, whereas right. almost anyone, your story is a perfect example, almost anyone on a par three, whether it's a short one or a long one, can get it nearer on the green and have yeah. it bounce in the hole. Right. God damn it. But the thing is, look at it this way, Howard. You get a hole in one, you'll probably just, you know, lose interest in golf and probably not play anymore. So this is what keeps you going, I'm sure. Yeah, that's the worry that I have. (laughs) 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 You imagine, you know, I was talking to Mark, too, about I know a few guys whose uh, partners are better than they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I often wonder what, what, 
would I be able to handle that? Probably. I mean, if she were hot. (laughs) (laughs) Here are the conditions. (laughs) Yeah. If she were hot enough, I could handle her being a better golfer. Did you ever try attempt to get ex-wife randy interested in the sport did you did it ever get off the ground on any level uh you know sure there were some times early on when randy would come to the golf course with me but she was not really interested uh ex uh, gfr you know first couple years we were together was very interested in it and was Mm -hmm. you know starting to get good at it until one day she realized that it was the hardest sport in the world and Mm -hmm. really didn't want anything to do with it anymore now we're forgetting what about the young one how is she like you know the in between the, the wife and the I don't know I don't know what you're oh. talking about <laughs> why she was pretty good at golf but it didn't matter <laughs> she, let me put it this way she could have been a plus four I wouldn't have cared um, right. yeah man how, I, you, how are your daughters are your daughters good with the golf no uh, no again I took them out I got them in golf camp and uh, never took hmm. you know it's not for everyone Dan you know? no I, I, yeah, I totally understand I, I'm now curious what when you actually get that hole in one. How will you react? Will you be more of a jump up and down, you know, hands in the air and look what I did kind of uh, person, or would you be more of a uh, uh, just uh, you know guy with a cool walk on no, the way to the? Uh, here's what I would hole. say. A great question. So not only had I never had one, and until 20, I think I've told the story because it's Mark. Mark Robertson was talking about playing golf with my brother and I, and until so 20. 1971 was my first year of playing golf when my dad would take me out. And in 2013 was the first time I'd ever seen one. So imagine that. I was, I was never in a group where one went in. And in 2013, I had just joined that course. And my older brother got a hole in one on the third hole we played that day. And I was more excited than he was. And then later he asked me why I was so excited. Because I thought, I said to him, because I'd never seen one before. And when it went in, I was just so excited. I just was so excited because I'd like, that's what it looks like. It's pretty cool. And um, I could see it the whole way. You know, it wasn't one of those things where it bounced over a hump and then we didn't see it. But um, and then I saw another one that summer. I've not seen one since. So I can only answer by saying, I'm guessing I'm going to be pretty excited. Like, I know you think I'd be like, oh, yeah, that happens to me every day. It doesn't, so I'll be, you know, I'm sure I'll be stoked when it, if it, if it ever, here's the thing, it could literally never happen. Never happen. It'll happen. Of course it could. Yeah. It, yeah, it very, like, yeah, that's just a non-predictor. Like, Mm -hmm. you could have a, listen, a guy who gets a hole in one maybe is the level of golfer where he rarely gets it on the goddamn green, let alone in the hole, like in a par three. It can happen for him. And then someone like you who's consistently around the pin, it may never happen. It's like there's no explanation for that. It's so random anyway. Yeah. Um, All right, Daniel. uh, Great job, everybody. Tomorrow on the show, as we wrap up another Humble and Fred week, we uh, will have a, for you people who aren't familiar, maybe you're some noobs. I don't know if you're, if you're a Hundy P, you know who this guy is. Drew Marshall, who worked for years as a religious talk show host with a twist. He's really just an interesting character. Was I I think a minister at one point kind of lost his way. Uh, Now he's left broadcasting. And um, he's just doing he's he's doing uh, he's got a new uh, venture and we're going to talk about it tomorrow. But he's a really interesting guy. And we'll have a great conversation with Drew about the world of religion. Maybe we can talk a little bit about 
you know, the rise of the religious right and how it mm-hmm. influences so much more than it used to. Uh, but he's a he's a great uh, talker, and you're gonna if you've never heard him before, tomorrow's gonna be fantastic. So please join us. Okay. Okay. I have nothing else to say about that, Dan. I don't have anything you? else to say. Either. Freddie, are you all done? Uh, yes, all done. Looking forward to Drew tomorrow. He's become a bit of a recluse, I understand. Yeah, he's uh, but this new project that he's got started uh, is very interesting. He's um. Project Recluse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll let him explain it. And uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. Email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. Like and subscribe. We would really appreciate that. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, don't worry about climate change because don't we have enough trees around here? of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans or just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that? I got two turntables and a microphone